Welcome back to part two of my 20 things I learned at 20 that I'm taking with me into 21 birthday episode. Y'all show me love on part one. I really appreciate it. I think I got y'all with the title a little bit, but I didn't lie because I talked about those things that I said I talked about. Okay, <laughs> so go and listen to part one if you haven't or if you have, re-listen to it because more streams, more life. Okay, it's my birthday, so you have to. But anyway, in part two, I'm getting into the second half of the 10 big life lessons that I've learned. I hope you enjoy it just as much as the first one. So if you want to hear the next 10 things, keep on listening. Getting into it, number 11, counting down from the first episode, but number one in this episode, but we're just going to say number 11, is to treat yourself, in parentheses, responsibly. <laughs> I've had jobs since I was 16. Literally, I was like, I need to start making this coin. I got things I want to buy. Um, being the I generation, Gen, Gen Z, you know, having the internet, shopping online, something I've always done, just browsing window shopping. And so for me, it was like, I want to start spending and swiping. I'm tired of asking for permission to buy things, having to use somebody else's car and having to wait. Oh my gosh. Especially now that I'm grown, I can do what I want when I want. If I want to do it right now, boom, click, it's done. If I want to do it later, put it off. I can wait for it, but <laughs> that's beside the point. From having those jobs and starting the capitalism cycle of sacrificing moments, irreplaceable moments of my human life for a piece of cotton that has fake value to it, um, <laughs> is that money is powerful and you can get yourself nice things you enjoy and get things you enjoy that make you happy and that's okay. But you have to do so responsibly. Save so you can treat yourself later to, you know, retirement and food and a house. <laughs> but also it's okay to not have everything right at that moment. Being an adult, it's all about delayed gratification. Do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. But you don't have to be strict and buy the book and live off pennies and ramen and save for that one day because you can get hit by a bus tomorrow. And then you wasted all that time saving money for what? And then it's gone back into the system. So just learn to treat yourself responsibly. Don't spend down to your last dime. Always have enough so you can cover your expenses for at least, at least, the very least a month. Also have money in your account so you don't get embarrassed when your card doesn't charge. <laughs> number 12 is related to number 11 of treating yourself, but number 12 is that self-care isn't selfish. I know in this current day and age, self-care is touted on Instagram as doing a face mask and taking a bath and coloring, but that's not, that's such a limited view and scope of what self-care is. And it's actually ironic that self-care is being packaged and commodified and sold to us as something that we have to work toward being able to afford and achieve, which defeats the whole purpose of self-care because caring for yourself is not, self-care is not still participating in the systems that wear down on our bodies and our minds from day to day. So self-care is saying no, as I mentioned in the last episode, self-care is taking time to recharge yourself. You can't deplete yourself and all of your energy and resources on other people, other things, assignments, jobs, relationships, because if you give all of yourself to someone else, what are you left with at the end of the day? You have to deal with you. You have to experience the tiredness, the sadness, the feeling of being used and not having any time left for yourself. I'm a big believer in that. We are not here just to work and die. We're here to experience life and all the good things that come of it. And 
part of that is taking care of ourselves. In this grind culture, you always have to be making money, always making moves, always doing things in silence and posting your wins and all that stuff is so exhausting. Even when you're just chilling or you have your own thing going on in your own lane, it makes us feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Like, they're like, get your ass up, you broke bitch. I just made a million dollars on the internet in my sleep. It's like, well, damn, like, that's good for you, but I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> That self-care isn't selfish. It doesn't mean that you're lagging behind, that you're worth less than other people who are constantly grinding. If they want to grind, that's okay. But even they need to know that you can achieve your goals and still take care of yourself. I forget what I, where I heard this also, but there's no point in having money and stressing yourself out and then you're sick with all these stress-related diseases and you can't enjoy any of the fruits of your labor. For me, I know I need to take a step back from work sometimes and just take a day for myself. Just recently, I've just started letting myself watch TV again and take time to get wrapped up in a show because that's what helps me unwind. That's what helps me relax. I'm taking time to read again, to go to the museum, to just take walks, just take time to be with myself, process and just look at something just simple. Just look at nice things and like be outside and take advantage of being alive. And self-care looks different for everybody, of course. There's the basic things. Just taking a shower is self-care. Washing your face, having a skincare routine, getting your nails done, making sure your ears are clean, <laughs> like washing your hair. But then self-care is also buying yourself something that makes you feel good. So if you have a favorite drink at Starbucks or a favorite dinner or a meal or a snack, just having little things for yourself that show that you love yourself. I like to buy flowers because I love having something fresh and alive and it makes me feel nice. I love myself enough to take a little time and put it in my budget to show myself that I'm worthy of all the hard work that I'm doing. I like to get my nails done. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel more feminine and womanly and that's something that I enjoy feeling. It makes me feel more confidently me. So a big thing I've learned, self-care isn't selfish. We all need to take time for ourselves. Number 13 is a recent thing <laughs> that I've learned. Well, not really that recent, but it's been more in practice now that I live alone, is that don't wear no shoes in my house. <laughs> but I'm playing. But it's overall just being clean and being proud of your space. My mom, she's going to be like, I told you. I didn't know she was listening, but she's always like, you have to clean up to show that you're proud of what you have and take pride in the thing in your belongings and take care of them. My dad always says, take care of your money and it'll take care of you. All of that, yes, y'all, I was listening, even though I wanted to leave my socks all over the place and not make my bed. Okay, but now in my own house where I pay the bills and I bought everything, oh baby, oh, take your shoes off because this rug, expensive, has to be cleaned. These dishes have to be done. I don't have a dishwasher anymore, my two hands. I a dishwasher. Okay, the laundry can't pile up. It's expensive. Quarters? Coin-operated machines should be illegal, but I digress. <laughs> so number 13 is just to take care of your space because there's nothing better than coming home to a clean house where you know where everything is and it's comfy and you can just fully relax and let go of the day. Now this is made even more pertinent with Miss Rona out here. I basically douse myself in 70% rubbing alcohol <laughs> and everything I own, my phone, my purse, my hands, basically everything. I don't wear outside clothes in my bed, all of those different things. You know, listen to your mama or whoever raised you that took care of domestic things. Now that you're grown, 
pick up, take your shoes off, put things away, take care of your space. Number 14 is also a big one. It goes hand in hand with living alone and self-care. Number 14 is alone is not lonely. This is a big one. Also, I forget where I heard this. These are all quotes and things I've stolen from probably the internet, but alone is not lonely. I've always been more of an introvert. Um, Reading was my favorite hobby, getting lost in different worlds and stories. And so in my head, there's a lot going on. And so most of the time it's pleasant. So, you know, I want to be in there (laughs) and live in that and spend time with myself. That's how I recharge because I was such a people pleaser. When I'm around people, all of my energy is used up in anxiety of what they're thinking and then acting accordingly to what other people want. So my alone time is not me being antisocial or lonely, but that's me taking care of myself and getting back to who I am and owning my own life. And so there was periods of time um, during my depression where I truly felt lonely for the first time. I've always been comfortable alone in my head, but lonely, you know, that's, you know, my brain and all the chemicals up there were like, girl, (laughs) we're not featuring you right now. (laughs) Sitting here recording this episode, I'm actually in my closet, which I got a big ass closet now, (laughs) but I'm alone most of the time, but I don't feel lonely. With technology, I have people I love right in my phone that I can reach. Within a second, I can always call someone. I can always just go outside. (laughs) Alone isn't too bad. I know so many people who hate being alone are doing things alone, like can't go ask someone for directions or flag down a waiter at a restaurant, can't even go out to eat by themselves or go to the movies by themselves. I, well, before Rona, of course, I love going to the movies by myself, spending that time dating myself. Even now, walking around my house, I don't have to wear pants. I don't have to make sure everyone is nice and comfortable or worry about people coming in or asking something of me or having to be presentable all the time. So for me, that freedom of being alone, it's not lonely, it's awesome, it's self-care. It's allowing me to get to know myself and love myself so deeply and being able to recharge so that when I can go out and talk to the people I love and meet new people, I'm more sure of myself and I'm presenting a better version of myself that's true and honest and genuine and is open to new relationships and can maybe let people come over my house. Maybe. (laughs) Number 15 on the list is a pretty big one. This one is Perfection is boring and exhausting. (laughs) I've talked ad nauseum about my perfectionist complex and always wanting to people please and make other people happy, but being perfect is really honestly exhausting. It takes too much energy, especially if your only measure of perfection is what other people set for you, like other people's standards, whether that's the white man at universities, (laughs) the white man at your job, (laughs) the white man, you know, if you choose to indulge a white man in other ways, but (laughs) y'all, anyway, (laughs) but perfection, it takes so much energy trying to make yourself this great version of yourself with no flaws and always trying to present yourself as put together and calculated and poised when we're humans. We're not supposed to be perfect. Only Jesus is, you know, we're not, we're not computers. We're not programmed to only run super efficiently even computers get bugs those that shit crashes all the time my laptop she'd be like girl sometimes you got too much stuff okay i need a moment but (laughs) perfection is just it's unattainable honestly you can do your best at something 
And that could be what you consider perfect, but your best is all that you can really do. My dad would say that all the time. As long as you did your best, then that's good enough. And it's also boring. If we were all 100% amazing at literally everything we do, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be challenged to grow. That's why billionaires, they just want more money because, you know, the numbers, they're not making them happy. It's just some arbitrary goal when happiness really comes from within. That sounds very cliche, but honestly, that's true. For me, if I'm not doing well mentally, spiritually, whatever, no one else can fix that but me. I can seek out help from professionals or whatnot, but ultimately I have to do the work. Just like going to therapy, you have to do the work. No one can just magically fix you and make you perfect again. You have to put in effort because you have to know that you're worth the effort and that your life is meaningful. You are meaningful. Not even measuring your worth from other people, but just to know that you are enough. Just by existing, you are enough. And you don't have to be perfect. Because like I said, it takes too much energy and it's really boring. Number 15, perfection is boring and exhausting, so we need to let it go. Number 16 that I'm going to tell you guys about is to listen to your elders, in parentheses, mostly. Okay, <laughs> all parents say, you never listen to me, you never listen to what I'm saying. I have to repeat it over and over again, hard-headed, blah, blah, blah. But y'all know we be listening. We take the important things and we store them away in our brains for when we need them. Okay, I love throwing things back at my parents that they said to me, like telling me to clean up or advice about money or whatever. And they're like, oh, oh. You know that look on their face when they know they're wrong? <laughs> or when you throw something back at them and they're like, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't think they were listening to that. Aha, I did. I was. I am. <laughs> but yes, listen to your elders mostly. And I say this because, of course, our parents, they live life before us and their job is to teach us how to live and how to be successful adults. But we also have to remember and also sometimes tell them that our world is different than the one they were raised in. So some of the advice and tips they had to follow aren't really applicable in this new world. And we all know if <laughs> like and we all know it's a hard to sometimes connect our world with theirs and get them to understand us and vice versa. And I say that to also lead into the idea that your parents are still human beings. They were humans before you and they still are now after you. They had all the same ups and downs of adolescence and young adulthood and all the same feelings and thoughts, however icky that may be for you to think about, <laughs> that your parents relate on the same level. But also as adults, you have to realize that your parents are still flawed. They're still trying to figure out their hopes and dreams and what they want to do with their life and who the person that they're becoming. And I can only imagine the added pressure that comes with having to literally shape an entire human beings like makeup and like set up for their entire life like that that shit sounds crazy that's how I know I'm not ready to be a mom because like I'm still trying to figure out who I am and what I'm doing and a little person you have to keep them alive like baseline on top of that too no thank you <laughs> but yeah listen to your parents that is if they are you know right state of mind not abusive things like that both adults so feel free to sort of have that relationship you know there's some people who drink and smoke with their parents for me that's never ever ever going to happen in a million years <laughs> but even now yeah that's never gonna happen in a million years but that's some people's relationship and I think a big thing is that you have to realize that your parents influence who you've become but they don't they don't mandate it they don't mandate who you become like I take 
so much advice from my parents that I apply in my life and safety and like having my own place. But then also, I like to do things my way. I don't have to do things exactly the way they were raised and exactly the way they did in their homes raising me. If I don't like to wash dishes that same day, I don't have to. If I want to leave my socks all over the place, that's what I'm going to do, you know? <laughs> if I want to eat X, Y, and Z, I'm going to eat X, Y, and Z. I don't have to do the same things and follow the same routines. And I know that can be difficult for parents when your kids start to grow up and have their own lives. If you do things they don't agree with or vice versa, it's a little hard getting them to let go of the reins and let you feel free and be who you are. But parents, even though they might get on our nerves, they might be a little old fashioned. They know what they're talking about just a little bit. So <laughs> remember to cherish them and listen to them. Now, number 17, this is a big one. This is one I probably stole from somewhere else, but number 17 is, if they wanted to, they would. I'm gonna say it again so it can sink in. If they wanted to, they would. People make time for what matters to them. So if you matter to somebody, they're going to make time to make sure that they're catering to your needs and they make you feel like you matter to them. They're going to make time. They're not going to give you excuses why they can't ever do anything you want to do. But you always have time to do things they want to do. What I've learned is that a lot of relationships, and that's friends, personal, family, whatever, they can't be one-sided. It's not fair to have one person put in all the emotional or financial or whatever kind of energy into a relationship. And the other person just takes and takes and takes and never gives anything back. And if you're anything like me, I'm trying to get you to give something back. So I keep giving, you know, hoping that I'm going to get it back because I genuinely care. And people, when they aren't in that mindset or don't have the same intentions as you, they just take what you have and you're left feeling alone and lonely and you feel like you always show up for them, but they never show up for you. And in learning to love myself, I realized that loving myself means I have to walk away from other relationships that don't add to me, other relationships that don't love me. What is, like I keep talking about energy, what is the point in wasting your fleeting time and energy as in your current existence on a relationship that doesn't feed you on the purpose of what if? The only what ifs we should be chasing is what if this trip leads me to meet the love of my life? What if this new job leads me to fulfill my career dreams? What if going to dinner by myself gets me a great meal? What if I can gain something that benefits me in a positive, structural way that moves me forward as a human? It's really easy to fall into these same patterns in relationships where if your dynamic has always been you giving to that person and them never showing up for you or you always showing up for them and they always have an excuse or something else to do when you need them, then it feels familiar to you and that's what you're going to cling to because obviously that's what you're used to. But now at 21, like, I don't have time. <laughs> I have so many other things that I'm starting to go off and branch off into and I don't like feeling unwanted. So if you don't want me, I'm going to leave. If you are going to treat me a certain type of way, I'm going to go the other way. I'm not going to try and force myself into this situation. Or worst of all, I'm not going to try and bend and change myself to try to appease to you and figure out what you want out of me. Huh? What? Where'd they do that at? Not here. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I'm being silly. But yeah, if they wanted to, they would. If somebody wants you, cares about you, 
has great intentions for you, you're going to know that. There's not going to be any if, ands, buts, questions about it. Clarity is really important. So if you're concerned about it, ask about it. But if they give you the runaround or some BS answer, you know what to do. You have to know that you're worth active participation in your relationships and love. You are deserving of reciprocity. Like Lauren Hill said in, what's that, X Factor? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get some reciprocity? You know? <laughs> Number 17, if they wanted to, they would. People make time for what matters to them. Number 18, this is one of my favorites, and I talked about this in number five, grow through what you go through. But number 18, comparison is the thief of joy. Hey, let me get another church run, another organ, <laughs> another organ startup. I need someone to run laps around the church, okay? Comparison is the thief of joy joy as i said before energy is everything you have to put it into things that are positive and give back to you and comparing yourself to other people seeing what they have what they don't have what it looks like they've accomplished what it looks like they have the ability to do what their parents can give them what boyfriend they have what girlfriend they have what clothes they're wearing what hair they wear what their nails look like how many likes they have on instagram how many followers they have on twitter whatever Comparing yourself to someone else, especially in the age of social media where everything, literally everything, is edited, you can't, there's no point in looking at your life compared to this commodified, prepackaged, edited thing with a sparkly filter on it and saying, I'm not living up to, I'm not living up to my full potential based on somebody else's standard. We never know what is behind all the screens and filters and vacation pictures and whatever, especially of our favorite influencers. Some of them are broke and can't pay their bills, but they have to put on this show and this facade of luxury and I'm a boss and I'm doing all these things so they can keep up an image and try and save their job. But who wants to put that much pressure on themselves? Be someone that people need to be jealous of. To compare ourselves to someone who has a Gucci belt on but it's six months behind on their rent. You know, we never know what we're truly comparing ourselves to when we let comparison steal our joy. We can sit here and scroll and think, my butt doesn't look like that. My boobs don't look like that. My body doesn't look like that. I don't have that much money. I can't afford that bag. I can't drive that car. I can't go on that vacation. I don't have a man that looks like that. I don't have this, this, and that, that, and that, and this. And we sit there and we get down on ourselves and we take away the joy of ourselves and our appreciation for what we do have. Most of us have a roof over our head. Most of us have at least five people that would go to bat for us. Most of us have people that say, oh, you, X, Y, and Z? Oh, I love X, Y, and Z because they make me feel this or they are so kind or they are so this, this, and that. We all have so many great things in our lives and it's this culture that what we have is never enough. We always have to want bigger and better and that's mostly not even wanting to be better personally like within our lives a better friend a better whatever but it's just having bigger and better material capitalistic things that are going to be replaced in the next however so months like we're always supposed to want the new phone we're always supposed to want a new computer but we have perfectly fine things that still work and give us joy but we're supposed to want more because it's shiny and new and it looks like it's what we should have another side note should is bullshit 
okay should is someone projecting their idea of life and perfection on you should is someone trying to steer you away from the direction that you're meant to go on and of course when we are on our life journey we're not going to be perfect we're going to make mistakes and people telling us what we should do sometimes they can do it out of their best interests but some people i know a lot of people that are close to me that need to get smacked in the face and trip and fall and land in the mud and be like okay I learned my lesson when I'm over here telling them what they should have been doing all along. Now, I'm not going to say I told you so or I was right, but as a Libra, I already knew that I was right. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm being silly, but yeah, that was a little side tangent. Don't spend your precious energy comparing yourself to other people because you are wonderful and amazing and believe it or not, there's someone comparing themselves to you and wishing they had half of what you have. So, just be grateful for what you have. Know that you're it like you're that girl you're that guy you're that person you are the person that you were meant to be you're becoming who you're meant to be and doing the things that you're put here to do so don't compare yourself to someone else's journey that you don't even know the half of number 19 <laughs> this one's a little more lighthearted, but it's something that i've had to get over with my nice and like people pleasing context but number 19 is Cuss some folks out and go to bed. <laughs> now, this is a meme I saw on Instagram that said, you know, we get tired of being the bigger person. Sometimes you got to cuss some folks out and go to bed. But <laughs> I'm going to call it, you just have to let it out. Now, I was raised to always be kind and respectful and all that jazz. But as I'm being grown, I'm learning that being upset or being angry, it doesn't have to, A, it's not bad to feel these things and B, it's not horrible or awful. It doesn't make you a horrible or awful person to express those feelings and sometimes sit in it. Like we have the ability to be angry for a reason. Yes, we shouldn't hold on to it for longer than maybe a couple hours or a day, but it's okay and normal and natural to feel these emotions. And for me, I don't like being angry. It's not my favorite feeling to feel because it makes me feel out of control of who I am and how and that someone has more power over me than I have over me and I really don't like that but sometimes you just have to rant and you have to curse and you have to scream and I'm an angry crier so when I'm mad like the tears just start coming it's just it's how God made me <laughs> but sometimes you have to let it out and you have to cut some folks out you know <laughs> now you don't have to always post it or share it with other people but I'm the type of person that like I have an argument I'm in the shower like reading them down all the things I couldn't say in person because I was crying <laughs> yeah just little things the power from anger comes in when you know that you're right and that the universe and whoever will take care of whoever was trying you when God makes your enemies your footstool that's the greatest that's the greatest satisfaction that you can get is that it's out of your hands the universe god whoever the energy the energy is going to balance itself out everyone gets out of the world what they put in it so if you're putting out sour bad ugly bald bitch vibes shout out to the bald bitches, but um <laughs> but <laughs> if you put out ashy ankle uncle ruckus like whatever bad vibes that's what you're gonna get back it may not be immediate and people may love this is another thing i 
I can read people in both senses of the word. I can read you down with my words, but I can read you and I can tell exactly what kind of person you are. And especially growing up in a smaller middle school and high school where everyone knows each other and you have the quote unquote popular people. And I could tell these niggas weren't shit. Like these people suck. And it was so hard seeing like some of my friends be friends with them. But when you constantly hear them like talking about them behind their back or doing all these things and having people like put up with it or still hail them as like these great people that we should look up to or that are influential it's like huh like I don't get it it literally I am confusion why are these people exalted to be higher than the rest of us just because they're loud about it or have money or whatever the case may be it's the greatest karma knowing that things are going to come back and hit them where it hurts. They may get picked for scholarships over you, or they may get picked for job interviews or different opportunities, but the satisfaction in knowing that these people peaked in high school, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I don't mean to be petty, but the satisfaction in knowing that, you know, this is probably these people's peak based on what you're seeing now. Sometimes you have to be petty (laughs) and revel in that, but you can only get there when you're focused on what you're doing. Like for me, I haven't thought about people from high school, honestly, that I didn't like in very rare moments, unless someone I know brought them up or even just now thinking about people I don't like. (laughs) So when you get to the point where you can let all that other shit go and like what other people did to you or whatnot, now it's funny memories. Yeah, I hated that bitch. But, like, if I saw her today, I wouldn't, like, spit in her face or anything. And it's okay to have people that you still don't like or that you still don't want to be friends with or know anything about. Like, for me, I have a few people like that that my friends are still friends with, but I just choose to not engage. And in my head, I cuss them out and go to bed. And that's it. (laughs) Number 19 is that it's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel like you were wrong. It's okay for me to feel wronged by that and for me to feel upset and to let that out it's okay for me to be able to let that go and know that the universe is going to handle them other people have so many other things going on and sometimes they take it out on you and it's not my responsibility nor my job nor my requirement to put energy to think about that anymore or try and fix it all i can do is move on number 19 feel your emotions cuss some folks out even if it's just in your head go to bed and let it go And so we've come to the 20th lesson that I'm choosing to share with you all today. And this one is another big one. It's one of my favorites. But number 20 is to prepare for the future, but enjoy the present. We're all told that you have to go and do well in middle school to prepare yourself for high school. And you have to do well in high school to prepare yourself for college. You have to do well in college to prepare yourself for the real world. But we never tell kids, especially, to enjoy where they're at. It's always this culture of you have to reach for more, grind for more, excel for more. And don't get me wrong, this is so vitally important, especially in neighborhoods and areas where kids, they don't see a lot of opportunity. We have so much discrimination and barriers to success. There's limited jobs, there's limited housing, there's limited X, Y, and Z, and the only ways of life they see are to the streets or various other, you know, undesirable or unethical, really, situations that they're put in because of the policies and lawmakers and all the other things. But that's a whole, (laughs) that's a whole tangent I'm probably going to write about in my senior thesis paper. But um, (laughs) 
yeah, we tell kids to always achieve for more, which they should do, but it puts a lot of pressure on them also when you think about it because you're telling them that you have to work for your future self and your future self, your future self. And it tells us that our future self is the only one that's worth it. Our future adult self is the only one that deserves to have good things. You have to spend all your time now working super, super hard, and then you get to enjoy it when you're older. But then life and everything tells us enjoy being young because that's the only time you'll have to have fun. And so for us, it's like, which one is it? Hmm? And that's why as a goody two-shoes or whatever you want to call me, like, I'm looking over to the people doing hood rat shit and I'm like, but they're having fun now. They're having fun now. Why can't I do that also? <laughs> I was saying earlier how staying on the straight now, it has paid off generally. You know, I'm a well-adjusted person. I'm not out here doing whatever all the other possibilities of things that one could do besides going to college. Kid, I was always focused on doing well in school and I think that made me afraid to go out and try new things, new fun social things as a kid. I was never athletically inclined, so sports y'all could have kept, but like all these different clubs and things like that where everyone knew people from other schools. I only know people that went to my school. My friend circle was small and it still is really small. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that and I wouldn't trade my friendships for anything, but I think growing up that way, always focusing on the future, it made me afraid to go out and sort of develop my social side of life because especially in my family, like academics are hailed as so important. And when you're one of few, like, not one of few, but when you're family members that are always like exalted for having good grades or always doing the right thing, it's hard to break away from that and sort of do things that people don't expect of you. And that goes back all into the perfection is trying people please, blah, blah, blah. I felt for a long time that my academic performance is what defined me because everyone was telling you that's what's going to set you up for life. That's what's going to set you up to be the best you you can be. And no one really said, hey, what about how you're feeling right now as an 11 year old, as a 12 year old? How are you adjusting to a new life view? How are you coping with middle school? How are you coping with high school? Like I, I never learned, you know, <laughs> all the stuff like, um, what is it? All stuff like talking to boys and I read about talking to boys in books but did I ever do it no <laughs> did I ever go out to all these different events and talk to people and have a social life no <laughs> because I was always focused on the right thing and people tell me like boys are scary they're the wrong thing they're the, they're the distracting thing which that's a whole nother topic in itself and especially now as the college student who all that work was supposed to pay off for I thank my younger self because she was stronger than she had to be. She was, man, she was, <laughs> she was optimistic, but she also, she worked so hard. She, she never wanted to mess up and she didn't want to mess up so bad that she would push herself too hard to be the best or to be the person that everyone looked up to or that everyone wanted to ask for help. And she, she forgot about herself. She didn't take the time to write out how she felt about herself and her body image and her self-confidence. She didn't take the time to sort of, you know, she felt like she didn't have time, I should say. She felt like she didn't have time to do all these other personal growth things and to let go because it, she was just used to doing well. And so if that's what people praise you for. That's what you have to keep doing. She was so afraid to make mistakes because everyone was saying, that you're setting yourself up on the right path, like you have to keep going, you have to keep being perfect. 
And that fear of failure paralyzed her. And it, spoiler alert, bit her in the ass. Hello. Um, <laughs> it says adult her, but I just feel like, well, I can say now that it makes me appreciate where I'm at. I wish I could tell her all the great things that she has to look forward to and warn her about the hard things. But I feel like if I warned her about the hard things, we wouldn't have learned the lessons, but you know, maybe it would have been a little more pleasant. <laughs> um, I would tell her I love her and that she's worth it and that she's beautiful. And, and one day she's gonna have the apartment of her dreams. One day she's gonna be able to travel where she wants to. One day she's gonna be so in love with herself and who she's becoming. One day she's gonna be so confident and independent that she's gonna be able to go out to eat by herself and not worry about what people are thinking. She's gonna be able to go to the movies by herself, take herself on dates, buy herself flowers, buy herself all the shoes that she wants. She's gonna be able to do that and, and so much more and have so many great people that love her and uplift her and think that she's great. And I just wanna let her know it's gonna be okay. That's what I wanna let her know. And that it's okay to, it's okay to be scared, but it's also okay to try new things. It's okay to step away from the house. It's okay to go outside. It's okay to learn to talk to different people before, like, even if it's not something like you need, like, to ask, like, where the bathroom is. <laughs> it's okay to not be, it's okay to not be scared of things. It's okay to explore. It's okay to mess up. Baby girl, you're going to fuck up so bad. Oh my gosh. Girl. Oh, and you're going to start cursing, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're going to do that. Um, sorry, Mom. <laughs> I would tell her to... I know. And, of course, middle school, awful. Can you even enjoy it? I don't know. But it's okay to have fun and do fun kid things. And it's okay to like what you like and find joy in what you like and not be ashamed of that. But even fast forward to now... I love where I'm at. Yeah, school is getting more difficult, but I'm finally on a path where I know what I'm doing and where I'm going, and it's becoming clear what's available to me and the career that I can have, the career that I dream of, the impact I want to have, the changes I want to make, you know, the influence I want to have on people. It's becoming clear to me, and I love learning new things about my field and all the things that I can do and what's wrong and what I want to change. I love learning about who I am as a woman, as what I want to partner, what I'm looking for, what I'm putting out into the world, how I present myself. I'm enjoying the friendships that I have, the girl talks that I have with my friends, like <laughs> for five hours, the experiences that I'm able to have, the ability that I know, like I know about my body, I know what my limits are, I know like what I like to do and what I don't like to do. I know what I want to do and what I don't want to do. I know my boundaries, I know who I am, I know I know that I'm the shit, you know? I know that I have so many great things going for me, but also so many great traits and so many great values that make me a good person. And I'm really proud of who I've become and who I am right now. Yeah, I could look forward to who I'll be when I'm 25 or 30 or 50, but right now I'm 21 and it's feeling pretty good. What has it been? seven days it's been a week <laughs> still alive still kicking i like who i i like who i'm becoming but i love who i am and that's it that's the end that's 20 out of 20 things i've learned at 20 and will be taking with me through 
to my 21st year and beyond. So I hope you've learned something. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you resonated with me, felt seen. If you're older than me, tell me if you felt these things at 21, if you wish you did, if you wish you hadn't. <laughs> if you're the same age, do you feel me? Are we going through the same thing? We're living through the same simulation. If you're younger, you know, you have these things to look forward to finding out about yourself. Or you can find out completely different things. You know, it's your life. But <laughs> thank you all for listening to me spill my heart out and all the things that are in my brain, all the things that I've learned in both this part and part one, the first 10. So thank you so much for clicking on this episode. You can read more episode descriptions on my website, which is MissEricaDanielle.Wixsite.com slash home. You can look at all the past episode descriptions, see all the gifts, playlists, fun stuff that I put in there. You can look at all the different platforms the pod is streaming on, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all of them. And connect with me, read my bio, follow me on all the socials, follow the podcast. And I hope you share it with a friend. I hope you learned something. And I hope this gives you something to think about, something to write about. How about, let me give you an assignment. Okay, do it 11.59, whatever you want. But (laughs) write down however many things you've learned at your age. I think it's a good exercise to reflect on all the lessons and even things you do automatic. All that you think about or just like common things that seem like common sense to you, they may not be to others. I want you to write down however many things you've learned at whatever your age is and you can share them or you can keep them to yourself and just know that you know what you know. That you know that you know it, right? Right. (laughs) So I'll get off of here. This is the end of this episode and my birthday extravaganza. We'll see what we do next year. But As of right now, I'm loving where I am right now, enjoying the present, but I'm planning some really cool and fun things, I think, in the future for the pod. So keep listening, stay tuned, and I hope to have you listening again soon. Pages from My Notebook, a true-to-life podcast, is a passion project by yours truly, Erica Barnes. Read episode descriptions and more at pagesfrommynotebookpod.com. Follow the pod on Instagram at pagesfrommynotebookpod and like the pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash pagesfrommynotebookpod. You can support the pod monthly via Anchor at anchor.fm slash erica Barnes slash support. I hope to have you listening again soon.